Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Again, no Matt Messiano today. He's running through his latest excuses at a wedding, but fair enough, we'll let him off. It's just myself, Tom and Jordan to dissect what was a pretty special day and a pretty special result. The 4 0 win against them up the road. Jordan, how are you? Have you been lording it over people in, in Canada today? Or, I have to say, there's not, not too many Luton fans. <laughs> there's not too many Luton fans around here to rub it into. Um, but rest assured, if I do the opportunity, then I, I most certainly will. But um, no, I've been feeling good. It's uh, it, it was a satisfying, satisfying afternoon, which have been somewhat few and far between this this last couple of years I guess so uh yeah. yeah enjoy myself how about yourself how about you yeah no regretting the fact that I decided not to go to it um as I think I may have alluded to on a previous pod I was in Dublin over the weekend on a stag do I got back in time to go but given my fairly lowly expectations after the Millwall performance and result I didn't and I've pretty much been kicking myself ever since but uh there we are these are the decisions you live and die by I also decided not to go to the uh the Leicester game, the Deeney game, all those years ago as well. So, kind of. Get oh, you decided not to go to that one as well. Yeah, wow. I was. I was living in Sunderland. I should point out at the time it wasn't just complete laziness, but um, yeah. I, when it comes to missing or living in Sunderland, I've got a good record. Or living in Sunderland is also a, a, a big decision to make as well, I guess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're not wrong. I loved it, but yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, right, let's get into it then. Top line thoughts. What a day, what a performance, what a result. I don't think we're going to say anything too negative, but what what did you make of it all? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty comprehensive, wasn't it? I mean, it was dominant from the beginning to the end. Um, there wasn't really too much negative to say um, in, in general. It was, a, it was a good performance from a team. I, I think everyone on the pitch kind of had a good game at the very least. Um, and yeah, really just best case scenario for a, for a derby match, 4-0, opponent with a sending off. What, what more can you really ask for in, in, in those sorts of games? It seemed like a good occasion for uh, everyone that attended. No, absolutely. Where the hell did that come from? We touched on the Millwall game, we're not going to go into any detail on it, but uh, what a contrast. Yeah, it just shows you, doesn't it, the, um, the difference that... You know the difference that application can make and motivation and and so on. There's so many factors that play into it, but you know, at the base of things, we do have talented players, and if they show up and they show up together like they did 
uh, on Saturday or Sunday, sorry, then you you know you can you can make up for some gaps. It's hard to replicate that, obviously, every single weekend. Uh, replicate that sort of kind of mentality you take into a derby like that, but it, it does show you that we do have quality there, and you know things aren't perfect from a from a squad perspective, but you know you get Saar, Pedro, uh, even the likes of Ken Semmer, Keenan Davis, and stuff turning up, and you can be a really effective team at this level, and it was uh, it was very impressive. Um, how big a springboard can this be now? It feels like we've had a few results where you think, right, now we just need to kick on from this, get that momentum, and then the championship goes all championship on us, or, or we go all Watford on the championship. The, the delete is applicable. Uh, is, is this? Can this be the real deal now? Can this be the one that provides that springboard? Or I guess I'm asking you to look into the future and, and stick your head on the block, but what do you reckon? I'll stick my head on the block. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think it's, it's it's very it's very tough to say. So, I one one game I don't think is always going to be the, the kind of turning point. I think it has to be the you know the first step in doing so. If you can build something from that, if you can kind of build a stronger mentality and and just you know maybe make that team understand. Look, this is this is the levels that are required to to be a dominant force. You can be somewhat of a dominant force if if you want to be but you have to put in that sort of that sort of commitment every single week and every single game and you know there'll be times they'll be tested obviously much more but can they do it consistently going forwards it kind of remains to be seen but it's at least a positive sign that we've seen it for 90 minutes um i know we started well obviously the early goal helped um, but our, our standards didn't drop and you know again it's obviously an isolated occasion it's not going to have that atmosphere every week and you know maybe that's something we as fans should kind of take forward as well you know could we do more from the sidelines to help motivate that team. It's not always, maybe we don't always feel like we should have to, but mm. it, it does make a difference clearly. Um, yeah. And yeah, I know I'm kind of giving a bit of a on the fence answer there, but um, <laughs> You've been it's tough to say. I'm just, I'm just hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeful. Um, I'm hopeful, but then, you know, we've always, we've always got the next game coming up away at Wigan and it can, it, it could change. But look, I mean, it, it's at least an eye opener for the players they didn't believe that they had um, the ability in that team to, to do something pretty, spe- maybe not special, but to, to, to play beyond the level they were playing at. But then now they should be pretty confident they can. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the the game itself. Then, what was the what was the difference for you? Could you pin it on one or two things in particular? Well, I mean, I think the main difference is just purely application and intensity. Um, we start we've we've started terribly slow, but for large parts this season, um, and you know actually starting from the off with with that kind of level of, of tenacity and uh, an effort really helps things you know obviously we got the early goal which was you know key um and we just kind of never stopped we didn't really switch off we were kind of more aggressive in terms of getting to the ball um we were winning turnovers quickly and it, it was just a contrast to what we've seen so much this season um uh, but in terms of tactically and stuff you know we didn't make too many changes obviously we had a bit of a change in personnel but ultimately it was the same sort of um approach that we had previously but yeah I just thought the application for the players was um was a different level you mentioned the atmosphere a minute ago and I must admit it was very evident I was listening to from the rookery in today which was a, a good way to kind of reflect on the game for me having not been there but even just listening to their recording of the teams being read out or the team, not Luton, they won't get any cheers, but the team being read out, I thought to, it was, you know, it was clear that they had kind of lifted a level um, mm-hmm. or, or several levels probably compared to, to normal. Um, you mentioned the kind of relationship between fans and players. I wonder if this goes quite a way towards or goes some way towards helping create 
a bit more, I don't know if trust is the right word, I don't know what the right word is, but creating something that means... Well, connection, we, isn't it? Yeah, connection's the perfect word. Yes, you've nailed it, yes. I, I think, uh, yeah. No, no, go on. Sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say, I think, I think when it comes, I mean... Football fans, we're pretty simple in a lot of ways. You know, we just want you just want to see you want to see some some sign that the team cares about the club. You know, they're never going to care perhaps quite as much as the as the fans do. Obviously, it's not you know that same connection to the team, but you, you just want to see that bit of effort and that bit of fire. And I think yesterday, you know, nothing's going to raise that in them like a like a derby. It's going to, kind of every player in that pitch is going to get somewhat wrapped up in the occasion. And I think. You know, the likes of Truce to Kong and these sorts of players that have been somewhat fringe players, that have been open to some criticism. You know, to Kong's got, you know, slated pretty hard the last 12, mm. 18 months or so. Um, and then after yesterday, you know, it just shows a bit of character, shows a bit of effort, a bit of fight, and it gets fans on side. And it doesn't have to just be a derby. I mean, even the game before, um, oh, was it? Was it the game before when when Kalu came on off the bench for the last couple of minutes and he went slightly came on and he went charging charging down the line to try and oh, stop a ball coming forward and you know yeah. he, you know slid in made the tackle it was it was nothing really is you know like a tiny little bit of play but instantly fans you know were getting on the side actually the Kalu didn't do, do too bad he looked you know like it instantly changes your perspective of things and mm. uh, I think it can go a long way and I think it can get forgotten over the course of a season and. Um, you know, players start to kind of get into the the week by week nature of the games, and it's, it's it's very difficult to keep that intensity up. I mean, if it was if it was simple, every team would do it, right? Um, yeah. But it is something that you can definitely look at and uh, and isolate as a way, you know, a reason or a, a cause for the fans to get behind things. And with everything that's been going on off the pitch, and you know, sometimes on the pitch, uh, I think connection has been a real issue um, in, in both of those regards for the playing staff, also the owners and so on. So just to have that little bit back, um, it, I think it helps a lot. And I think it probably helps the players too. I know it helps the players as well because they feel like they're part of something a little bit bigger in those sort of situations. I thought was interesting was that Watford kind of were clearly up for it. I think, you know, there have been kind of sound bites in the press beforehand. William Truster Kong did a piece and, you know, all the kind of right things were said by Slavin Bilic, which I, I think is easy to say before a game right because it will be drummed into them by the press how important it is and they just have to kind of say the right things doing it on the day um is another matter altogether and doing it with control is another matter altogether and i think we saw and perhaps understandably as the game got away from luton lose that control is that fair how much of a a difference did that kind of make in in terms of being able to execute the game plan and, and really dictate proceedings you mean just having the right mentality going into it? You say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they were up for it, but they didn't kind of lose their heads, which I think Luton did even before Gabriel Osho was sent off. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's having confidence in, I think it's having confidence in in what you can do as as a collective. Uh, I, I think that the quality is there clearly, and I think if you can get if you can get behind that, if you it's, it's a difficult group to work with. I'd say I think the the. The range that it seems in personalities and players and you know cultures and so on—it's not an easy one to blend at Watford, I wouldn't say. Um, so to kind of find that balance and and get them kind of all on the same page, and I think you kind of have to make them prove it to themselves fairly often too. You know, if you can see if you can kind of get them into a situation where you know they are having success and you can kind of create that togetherness based on the back of that, and I think there was there was hints of it. You know, we saw it at Stoke. Um, we saw some kind of hints of of what we can do, but it's just kind of falling a little bit apart. But I think 
you know, maybe something like a derby. It's not everyone understand. Kind of every football player that's playing is understanding what a derby means to the to the fans. You know, there's there's an element that changes in, in those sorts of situations. The games are bigger. You feel like you're you know you're part of something a little bit bigger than you. And I think that's always something that can draw the you know draw a team together. But also, you know, it can fracture you too if you're frail and you don't live up to the occasion. It can also go the opposite way. And I think you know that was a real make or break game for us. I do think that if we had of if, we, if it had gone the other way, um, you know, if, if Luden had come there and then dominated and we were on the receiving end of a sending off and, you know, we collapsed and they came away, you know, everything could go so far the other way. I think it's a big occasion. And that I think someone like Slevin Bilic is good. Um, he's good at motivating a team like that. And I think that's and that's one of the pros of, of this head coach. I do think he puts us in a good situation. And I, I do quite... Um, I do quite appreciate the, the the mental fortitude and strength that he brings to the team. So I think that's always been kind of one of his his benefits of a head coach as a head coach, and it seems to be rubbing off somewhat onto players at the moment. Anyway, question then of the kind of players and the the individual performances. Keenan Davis, I thought, you know, not great perception here, but Keenan Davis was excellent. Gave another real show of what he can do uh, as that kind of line leading forward. What did you make of his display? Yeah, he was excellent, wasn't he? Um, I mean, Keenan Davis, he's he, he's kind of done exactly all, all the things you saw at Forest, all the traits you kind of hoped that he'd be able to carry over into the team. You never quite know. Obviously, you change environment, you change uh, playing stuff around you, you change coach, and are you going to be able to kind of replicate that? And I think Keenan Davis has kind of done exactly what we hoped he, he would do. He's been you know, great in the build-up. We've got good attacking players around him. He brings them into play really well, but he's also a threat. He His touch is great. He brings the ball down really nicely. He's got good control. Um, he's powerful. He's hard to stop. He holds onto the ball really well, and he's also a goal threat. I mean, it's just a complete forward, in my opinion. I think, as you know, obviously fitness we talked about before. Of course, it's kind of the, the known thing with uh, with Davis there. But he, he seems to get you know a slight injury. But the thing is, when he's on the pitch, he's just he's just super effective. And every time he's on the pitch, the, the team has improved. I think. No, I absolutely agree. What about you? What do you, what do you make of him? I mean, it's, oh, it's just, hard to kind of yeah negative, really. Yeah, it's, it's always hard when you're not actually out of the games. You don't necessarily see the, the work out of possession, do you? But I just thought every time he got involved, um, we looked like we were going to make something happen. You know, he was at the centre yeah. of everything good uh, and, and really, yeah, just the all-round, the perfect all-round centre-forward display, albeit... The guys around him, and we'll, we'll come on to one of them in a minute. Joao Pedro were just fantastic as well. It was it was the day that that forward line really clicked, I think. And I, I know that yeah. uh, Nathan Jones said afterwards we've got the best attack in the championship, and I think that's the point. The attack has that potential. It's not the whole I team think, and the whole squad as as other managers have kind of alluded to. I think they're also. I think our attacking threats are also. When you have a look at that, the lineup we had with. With Semasar, Pedro, and Davis, I think they all offer such different things, and it's so it's so difficult to track and so difficult to control because it's it's um th- th- as I said they're all so different. I think having them in the team, I think Birch has kind of found quite an interesting way of using them, a kind of effective way of doing so. And it's it's very difficult to stop when they're playing at that level. Uh, and and Keenan Davis is kind of the glue to making that function. Um, you know, he's that central figure. He he's going to be in that in that central position. He's He's going to play. He's going to play with the players around him. He's going to lay it off. And you know, we we talked about previously. Billich wants to try and get those kind of those wide men quite narrow, quite close to that forward. Um, putting putting Sara and Semmer on opposite sides kind of forces them infield a little bit and helps that kind of facilitate that. But also, what's interesting as well, we've seen previously before Billich you know, under Edwards, 
Pedro's comfort really seems to be now often from the left, dropping deep, picking up that ball almost from the fullback position at times and just carrying, drawing defenders towards him, opening space for those players. And if you can give someone like Ismail Assar an extra half yard of space by your by your carrying of the ball, you know, that can be a difference between a goal and not. And someone like Davis is, is able to to rule would it be a real bounce board for someone like Pedro in those situations. So I think, you know, you combine all those elements with Saar running in on his stronger foot, Ken Semmer kind of tenacious down the side. Um, and it's it's a real real difficult front line to uh, to stop, and it, it allowed us to compensate for the loss of someone like Imran Loser when you had the kind of two more combative midfielders behind, just to kind of give that platform uh, for those attacking players in front of them. Yeah, let's go on to João Pedro then. Uh, he was phenomenal. I, I just thought he looked like a, a Premier League player in a in a championship. Was that his best fixture. game in the Watford shirt? Do you reckon? <sighs> There's definitely an argument to say that, isn't it? I think we've seen you know. A moment, if you picked out any of the kind of moments where he's running at them and just had them on the back foot and they just couldn't get near him, you've seen that yeah. maybe once a game or once every few weeks in the championship before. But yeah. it just seems, it's particularly in that second half when they were attacking the rookery, it just seemed like it was constant, didn't it? And the one where, was it Alan Campbell gets booked for essentially mm. trying to fly in and just hack him down? He just thought they there just was can't handle one. Was there? Yeah. There you go. You just couldn't, think, they just couldn't think... live with him. There's something about that performance to me. I think we can't, we've seen it start to develop, but almost in the same way that, um, you know how kind of Etienne Capoue kind of really found his identity as a player for Watford at, under, under Javi Gracia, where he just, it just clicked and suddenly that became his play style. You got to see what his natural play style was. What he wanted to do just was, was fit into that team. And Pedro's played wide, he's played central as the most forward man, but given that freedom to kind of see what he wants to do, what he feels comfortable and, and you know confident doing, um, and just allowing him to just kind of be free and do it. Uh, I, I think we saw just how strong that, that is for him. And he's kind of built that identity of play style now where you know he's going to go, drop deep, he's going to carry the ball, he's going to you know, cause problems. It's not a, it's a somewhat unconventional way of playing how deep he drops and so on. But it's, um, it's so effective. And I think that was a real kind of, um, it was a real mature performance in him in the sense mm-hmm. that we just got to see that, that really click. And I think it was a little bit of a step forward. And, Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, he obviously got the goal and and so on, but I just think the, the way he carried the ball yesterday and the way he just was so so aware of the space around him. Um, his football IQ is really high and he's he's just a player that can take that extra touch and just carry the ball away from other from opponents and it's so difficult to stop. So um it is he's starting to look like everything that you, you hoped he could be. There's still elements that he can improve. Um there are some kind of final ball decision making kind of situations and, you know, some of his shots on goal he could perhaps take a shot a little bit earlier at times even. But he's he's just kind of come along and got to the next level I'd say and it looked like he looks like a man on the pitch now, and rather than the boy, and I think that's that's yeah. been a big difference this season. Um, yeah, hundred percent. He looked he he was quite. I don't want to say scrawny, because I'm sure he's always been more muscular than I am. But he looked quite scrawny when he arrived, and I guess that's fair. He was a teenager, you know. He needed to fill out, but he has gotten you know, kind of stronger and quicker. Present too, isn't it? He yeah, plays the shoulders. It. He plays the shoulders back now. He's, he looks he's, he's someone that doesn't he? He yeah. looks like well, he he's, he's aware of, of this team. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think he knows, like before he had to prove, you know, you know, kind of before he had to prove himself a little bit and he, he was fighting, he was physical and I remember thinking before, you know, when he first came, like, you know, Jao Pedro's actually a little taller than I thought he was because mm. like, he kind of had that kind of, a bit like you might see in Espria right now, who is, Espria's actually smaller than Pedro, but, you know, kind of a little bit, um, just kind of a little bit within themselves, like not quite sure on the situation, but Pedro look, looks like he's become really comfortable um, in this environment. And I think that's part of the reason why you see him kind of extending his contract. Obviously, I know there's other, other motivation behind that too, but it's a place that he feels like he can he can thrive. And, you know, that was that was his pitch yesterday. He was out there and he was the dominant player. And uh, it, it's good for the mentality of the player. It's good for him, you know, development-wise, but you know, also for the, for the team as well. It's a, it's a huge boost because a Jao Pedro playing like that consistently, it, it brings another another element to that team, which, you know, is vital to any sort of promotion push we kind of put together. Uh, and again, he's a um, he's a he's a compensator. When you have you know holes in the squad, you have injuries. You kind of look at that back line. It's still an odd back line. We went out there yesterday, and you have injuries in midfield. But someone like Jao Pedro, he's a, he's a compensator, and he's he's got that talent. So yeah, they're obviously great. they're obviously very different players. They play different positions. They do different things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in the circumstances that we find ourselves in, you mentioned Imran Loser. Does that put a greater onus on Jao Pedro to be, um, you know, the kind of creative fulcrum uh, of this of this team now, the one that things are just going to have to go through? Can he yeah. can he do that? I think it has to be, and I think when you look at the way that someone like Pedro attacks, it doesn't just have to be, um, it doesn't just have to be him, you know, threading passes through or getting shots on goal. It's kind of similar to how. I look at it in a similar way to how you can be offensively threatening by being aggressive off the ball. You're creating mistakes, you're creating chaos. And Jao Pedro, the way he drops deep, the way he carries the ball, he forces players to defend in areas they're not meant to be defending, and he forces them to carry. He forces multiple bodies towards him. He he disrupts 
um, a defensive line. It's just his movement alone. I think it's, it's, we have to kind of try and be cognizant and aware of the fact of how important offensively he can be just by carrying the ball in the way he does. It allows, like Keenan Davis, it allows those around him to get into better situations. And I think when you talk about creativity, you know, losing losing in round loser is a, is, a, is a big miss, and he helps really tick that. You know, tick, keep the ball ticking and, and moving. Um, and Jared Pedro just another another way of doing it. Obviously, we'd still love to have loser in there as well. If you had loser and Pedro, that'd be a huge boost. But um, I'd say a lot of that responsibility falls on Pedro. A very different way of progressing the ball, but someone that can still be effective doing it, and um, someone that has the ability to to do so. I think if you looked at that front line. You know, kind of including Pedro in that almost front four. If you think about a base of perhaps Chaudhry and, and loser behind, you'd be looking at that team and saying, you know what, we actually should be overcoming some of our defensive frailties. Um, but loser kind of losing loser is also obviously not not ideal. So it is up to Jao, I'd say, now to be that guy. Let's talk about another midfielder, Edo Kayembe. He's come in for criticism. I've been among those to criticise him. I think. I seem to be at the opposite end of the spectrum to most fans. At the start of the season, people were prepared to defend him, and I was probably more critical. I've become less critical, and Twitter, at least, has become more critical. Where are we at? I felt like that was one of his best performances, if not his best performance in a Watford shirt in a game when it really, really counted. Yeah, I think it probably was. And I, you know, I, I do, I'll caveat it, because I, I said the same thing. I asked the same question as well, and I'll caveat, caveat it by saying, you know, does that game suit him more because it was more about his role in that situation was to disrupt was to turn the ball over was to win the ball back you know kind of do what he was good at it wasn't asking too much of him from a possession standpoint but you know I thought his aggression in midfield and, and his, his tenacity allowing us to win the ball back in good positions um, his possession was better I think he has to in my opinion we've said it a few times before but Cambo's best uh, when he keeps it short, keeps it simple. Obviously, his left foot has to be the one that's, that's spraying the ball if he does do so. But what we want to see more from him is carrying the ball, um, driving with the ball and creating space that way. And I think, you know, again, you have Jao Pedro on there. You look at the space that he occupies and it allows someone like Kembe just that extra half a yard to take a step into midfield and carry that ball forward. Um, he looks better when he's doing so. But but yesterday really kind of shone from that um, that combative defensive standpoint, which... He's been up and down on, um, but it's definitely a stronger part of his game. And I thought yesterday, uh, considering the situation, it was it's probably his best performance, kind of based on the game he was playing in. Yeah, no, I'd go along. With what about you? How you? Do you think that was his best game, or do you think? Yeah, it was... I, th- I think so. I think yeah, he's, as you say, he's the kind of the disrupting presence that we we needed him to be at times. But also, he just I don't know if it was a symptom. Of, it's always hard these results, isn't it? It's such a big result was it? You know, a bit of a symptom of. The, the fact that we were thrashing Luton at home and the atmosphere was great and what have you, but he just looked a bit more confident and like he was going to drive with the ball, not necessarily by carrying it, but I guess, but, you know, actually being a bit more progressive in possession and, and so on and so forth. Um, mm. Keep it up, I guess, is, is the thing, because we've got three yeah. fit central midfielders at the moment, essentially. Well, and how do you feel? Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, but how do you feel about KMB? Say, for example, you know, we're talking about a... A game where, well, I mean, I guess Wigan away actually is a good example. Going into that game where the the, the questions asked of him are going to be much different. You know, they're going to be requiring more possession from him, you know, more use of the ball. Can he still replicate? Can he still reach that level of performance in that sort of game? That's my question with Kambe, and it's yeah, it's one that I hope he can answer. But it's um, it, it's it, that's I think where maybe any sort of frustration or kind of hesitation lies with him. Yeah, that's gonna. That's a good question actually. I think he's. 
he keeps it moving, I think, doesn't he? Probably, I imagine if you looked at his kind of pass completion over the course of the season, it's it's probably fairly high, and I could pull this number up, I imagine, if I, if I so wished. But, um, yeah, he, he, he's just cumbersome at times, isn't he? At his worst, he's just cumbersome, and I guess... You know, he's probably not very press resistant. Is it fair to say in, in that respect? Well, because you he think always has to come on to his left foot. And... I think he's quite a reactive player. You know, when um, and when I say reactive player, I mean like you know when you watch those guys where it's the equivalent of when you have a striker throw on goal that has a lot of time one on one, they yeah. struggle. But in those kind of moments, they have to just flick out a foot instinctively. Yeah, yeah, they they score. I find that with Kambe a little bit in midfield when he's under pressure. He's not got time to think about it. He has to kind of react. He's actually quite good at dragging the ball away or taking a touch and laying a pass off and getting the ball moving. It's when he's got a little bit of time at the base of that midfield and the, the, the opposition are kind of stepping off and he has to try and force a pass or make a pass. That's when you see him struggle. And I think he needs to be in the action a little bit more. And I think yesterday, that's why it suited him too. The, the tempo of the game was high. Um, and it just everything kind of suited that sort of performance from him. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's one that you have to manage. I, I think you have to ask specific things of him. Uh, and certain, I think the, the the reality is, in certain games, it's going to be more of a benefit to have him than others, and that's just kind of what he is. Uh, it's not necessarily a criticism. I mean, that's just he. You can maybe argue he's somewhat limited as a player, um, mm. but in the right circumstance, it can be a huge asset, like it was, like it was yesterday. Yeah, no, it's certainly the most positive I think anyone's been about him uh, since he arrived. So. That's something. Yeah. Actually, um, we'll just look at the passing for him real quick if you want an actual percentage on it that. It was about um, 85% pass accuracy. Yeah, yeah, pass yeah. accuracy in general this season is 85.2%. Okay. Forward pass accuracy of 75. Mm. That's not terrible when you stretch the imagination, but it's. I imagine his forward pass accuracy is up there at 70 something because actually, if you look at the number or the average per 90, it's probably fairly low. Um, and how deep he's probably playing it's hard to go too far yeah you know, hard it. not to get some forward passes in but yeah, yeah but, you know exactly. it's just it's within context but it's you know it's still worth looking at and the saying but yeah that's it the bigger tests lie ahead I suspect final couple of mm-hmm. things I don't know if this again was a thing that was a kind of product of the game and how it all panned out but it felt like we you know we really made hay with our kind of counter-attacking threat and and just running kind of directly at people, you could say, I guess, that that's a result of the game opening up and the fact that it was getting away from Luton. Is what did you? How did you kind of respond to that suggestion? What did you kind of see in in the way that we actually tried to approach the game yesterday? And is there something there for us to to build on going forward? Because we know we've got a hell of a lot of pace in those uh, forward areas and people that want to carry the ball. Yeah, I think. No, for sure, and I think that there's obviously the, there's obviously the ability in there for us to be a, a solid counter-attacking team. Uh, we have the personnel to do so. I think the question is how often we could be in counter-attacking situations when we play against teams that see that forward line. They're going to be quite conservative a lot of the time, and you know, oftentimes we have to break down the opponent. And I think finding space is always our issue. That's why Imran Luz was so useful because you got to find that space to going to get those offensive players into an attacking situation and. I think having the variety in, in in style, offensive style that we talked about earlier on, um, having the different sorts of attackers. You, know, you look at Ken Semmer, Joe, Pe- Joe Pedro, Ismael Sarr, Keenan Davis, they're all completely different profile of player. They all play in a very different way. Um, so having that kind of, you know, that Swiss army knife of an attack is actually pretty useful for us. And I think yesterday we did a good job of kind of probing in different areas. 
you know, finding what was working well. You know, Pedro, we were looking through, trying to get through him. Saar had a few occasions. Saar had a pretty quiet game. They actually shut him down fairly well for large portions. Obviously, he scored a good goal in the end and so on. But, um, you know, they tried the Saar route. It wasn't working as much. Ken had a mm-hmm. bit more joy. Um, and this one, you've got intelligent players and, and, and good players. I think just giving him that freedom to kind of improvise a little bit. It's not improvisation in the sense that we've seen previously at Watford where, you know, you just throw the ball up to Andre Gray and Troy Deeney and see what happens. <laughs> it's improvisation by allowing players to play to their strengths and just testing the just you know, probing the opposition and seeing what they can handle and what they can't. Um, and if we're smart enough to kind of identify quickly uh, what's working and what's not, then, you know, you can kind of change in the game-by-game basis. And I think yesterday the thing we did well um, well, let's just assess the fact that you know we can we can get through Luton pretty easily in certain areas, uh, and we'll just keep doing it until they stop us, and they just didn't stop us. So it was um, it was a, it was a good outcome. Finally, then let's just take a very quick look ahead. It's Wigan away on Saturday. We talked right at the top of the show about momentum and, and trying to build on this and and, and the imperative of building on it. Uh, can we build on it and, and what do we expect from a, a trip to whatever that's called these days is it still the DW stadium I must, I must <laughs> it'll be the JJB to me it used <laughs> yeah, to be the JJB didn't it it did yeah yeah, yeah forever the JJB stadium. Um, it tells what to expect I mean it's a tough one I think obviously Wigan are, are struggling a little I think the important thing for us is can we can we find can we find a way to, to, to kind of shift approach be a little bit more dominant possession be controlled, you know, be positive um, and, and try and find a way to break down a team that's going to sit back even further and maybe not get caught up in the occasion. The, the game's going to be different. The intensity's, you know, most likely not going to be the same. Um, so can we capitalise and, and, and start to take another step forward? Because look, we, we're going to be, no matter what we do this season, with the players we have, we can be 17th and we're still going to be viewed as a, as a dominant team coming to every ground we go to. So teams are going to play a certain way against us and we have to be cognizant of that. Um, and, and just kind of see how Bilic can can perhaps get this team functioning in a different way. He did it at West Brom. Um, they were able to kind of shift a little bit and be more dominant in possession. We haven't seen that yet from from our time at Watford. You know, part of that is down to personnel. Big loss to not have loser. But can we still kind of find a way to to kind of shift that approach? And that's that's the hope for this one, I'd say. And of course, we uh, we may get a sighting, a rare sighting of Ashley Fletcher, who I'd totally forgotten has gone on loan to Wigan this season and clocked up. Oh, wow, yeah, I completely forgot. Is he allowed to play in this one? Presumably not, no. 39 yeah. minutes in the Championship this season. So, Oof. yeah, hard luck, Ashley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent. All right, well, look, Jordan, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate that. We will hopefully talk as a threesome after the Wigan game and hopefully back-to-back wins in what must be the first time in... Forever, if I'd done my research, I'd have told you exactly how many games. In the meantime... It might be the first time ever, actually, yeah. <laughs> so it might be the first time ever. It certainly feels like a, certainly feels like a while, so it'd be good to, good to discuss, I'm hoping. Yeah, here's hoping. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe and download to the late, latest edition of the pod. Uh, give us a review wherever you do get your podcasts. It really does help us algorithmically. And make sure you follow us on Twitter. It's algorithmically. <laughs> it's at Messi Messiano at Jordan Weimer and at T.B. Botel.